Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Adi Depot here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're here every single Tuesday live on TalkSport 2, myself and the great Gareth A. Davis. If you can't join us live, remember to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel. So much other great content there as well, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and even the Mike Tyson story, The Boy from Brownsville. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. If you love your boxing and your MMA, then this is the show for you. Find out extra with myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis, where we discuss all the latest from the world of combat sports. Today, we're going to get stuck into this weekend's heavyweight clash at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium as Tyson Fury defends his WBC heavyweight title against Derek Chisora. Remember, it's live and exclusive on Talk Sport. We're going to hear from both men and discuss what chance, if any, Chisora has of upsetting Fury, having already lost to him twice. We're also going to hear from Daniel Dubois. He returns to the UK to headline the undercard. What could he do and what could 2023 look like if he gets past Kevin Arena on Saturday night? Plus, we're going to reflect on this weekend's action, including a points win for Dillian White. And we're going to hear from Chris Eubank Jr. after it was announced he will fight Liam Smith in January. That fight live on Sky Sports box office. Look, don't go anywhere. This is Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Michael Alexander. 115, 115, a draw. Gregor's Melinda and Jurgen Langos both scored this bout 116 to 112 for your winner by majority decision. Dillian! The body snatcher! Because the fact of the matter is, like you just said, they're trying to use these commercial rights, sponsors. What has a sponsor ever had to do with a world title fight? I've got sponsors. What, they're going to tell me I can't fight Chisora? It's here. Stick your sponsor where the sun don't shine. I'm fighting because I'm the man of my own ship. I'm buzzing. Is there bad blood? Not really, but, you know, I want to take what's his and make mine. You know, so I can't box him. I can't. So I have to go with him mentally of... I have to physically take what's his and make mine. You listen to my fight live and exclusive on TalkSport on the 3rd of December, Fury versus Chisora, WBC Heavyweight Championship of the World. Boom. The fact that that fight didn't happen means that, I, you know, makes me think, I, listen, I need to fight. I need to be active. I need, you know, I, I can't let these things keep happening with these fights falling through and not, and not, and not happening and I'm just wasting time. I can't do that. Gareth, my man, how are you? Gareth, you, you were there, um, on Saturday at the Over Arena in Wembley. Um, let's get into the main event first. Dillian White. Some people online thought the scorecards were maybe slightly controversial. A lot of people thought Franklin won. 
it was so difficult me working and scoring it, but I, I thought Dillian maybe nicked it because of the last couple of rounds. How did you see it play out? Yeah, last three rounds, I thought he really upped the tempo and he, he created the vigour that we should have seen earlier in the fight, frankly. Um, mm. He lacked vigour. I thought he was very one-paced. It, it was a very gruelling fight. It was one of those fights where, as you're watching it, you go, what round is this? It seems like a really long fight because there weren't dramatic bursts in there that we get in heavyweight yeah. fights or in elite-level fights. Um, yeah, I thought he just nicked it, probably 7-5. I was working as well. I was filing, you know, 900 words right on deadline for the Sunday Telegraph um, with, with no table, and I was, like, really tapping away. Um, and I thought he just did it. I thought he pipped it. I think you look at the punch stats afterwards. Uh, let's talk about real time. In real time, I thought it was close. Yeah. Um, but I think he took it away from um, Franklin in the last three where he, where he did up the pace. Um, I'm not sure about the peekaboos right stand right in front of um, his opponent's style. Um, I thought I thought Franklin was better than we were expecting him to be. He showed a good chin, great resilience, heart, desire, all those things in, in which his stock rose. But 8-4, if you saw one of the rounds, it, was, it wasn't that easy to score. But I think what Dillian did was he landed the heavier, more telling punches. Uh, mm. in the entire fight. Yeah. Um, look, I don't want to be too uh, critical uh, with regards to Dillian's performance, but I'm going to be. Um, I will say this first. Look, first training camp with Buddy McGurk is coming off a knockout defeat. I mean, those things will, will play on your mind. And you can see that he was trying different things in there. As you say, that kind of crossover defence, which isn't really his style, but who knows, it could be something for the future. But that being said... I, I, it's been a long time since I've seen a very good Dillian White performance. A very long time. Even the Povetkin win, I didn't think was actually that good a performance. It was more down to Povetkin, I think, being really bad on the night. Um, and, and I was also, and I asked this to David Hay and Andy Lee in, in in the studio. I was like, is Dillian White still at the top table of heavyweight boxing? Like, is he still an elite heavyweight? And if the answer is yes, then he should run through Jermaine Franklin like a hot knife through butter today. And he didn't. Uh, so I don't want to then sort of backtrack and say, well, and give him excuses. I was looking at Jermaine Franklin. I was thinking, okay, what would Joe Joyce do to Franklin? Yeah. What would AJ do? Yeah. What would even a Hergovic do? What would a Daniel Dubois do? I heard about what Dubois did to him in sparring. What would what would those guys do to Franklin? I think they would all put him on his backside. So I was actually disappointed with uh, Dillian White's performance. I think we needed to see more. He shouldn't be going life and death with what at best is a, a C-level heavyweight in, in Jermaine Franklin. And not the biggest heavyweight either. Yeah, and then on um, the night, Dylan yeah. White looked like so much bigger than him. Yeah, I agree. And uh, um, Anthony Joshua sitting ringside, arriving mm. on cue twenty yeah. minutes uh, before for the for the Fabio Wardley Nathan Gorman fight, um, mm. as they just about as the bell went for their first first second of their first round. Um, Joshua would have watched that with absolutely nothing to worry about at he, all. He wouldn't yeah. have been, and maybe maybe that does herald. Uh, Joshua against White in 2023. Um, yeah. Although it was very difficult to pick through the through the the maze and the and and the labyrinth that was put there on Saturday night from Eddie and Joshua about who was going to be next. It sounded like from both the promoter and Anthony Joshua, they were very much keeping their options open as to whether they would fight Dillian White or not in 2023. Yeah, yeah, it's strange because speaking to Eddie and he, you know. Initially, he said Dillian White needs a really good performance 
to kind of warrant or to to get the AJ fight. Obviously, we didn't see that, but I'm with you. If I'm AJ, I'm like, give me the fight. Yeah, I'll take that now that you know that you can sell it. Still, it's it's still Dillian White AJ. There's still animosity between the two, even though they touch gloves at the end of the fight, or at least AJ kind of spudded him. Um, if I'm AJ, it's a bigger fight than Otto Volin. It's a bit. It's it's almost a bit like the Fury situation when Fury's chosen Chisora when they could be tougher opponents. You choose Chisora because Chisora put bums on seats, and I feel like Dillian White would do that as well. And and I think AJ would if the AJ that turned up against Usyk still there. That AJ knocks out Dillian White. Dillian, Dillian wasn't evasive in any way. Mm. I mean, and, and Franklin decided he was going to sit back and counter, and it, it was very successful, certainly up to about round eight, round nine. I mean, it was a very close fight to that point. It was a close fight in terms of what happened round by round, but um, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a statement, put it that way. There wasn't a statement there on Saturday night. No, there certainly wasn't. I mean, you mentioned that AJ was there, um, which was good to see. AJ doesn't seem to turn up to events that much anymore. It's very difficult to to see AJ, but he was there. Um, and you also mentioned that this, it's almost been a bit of, they either don't want to tell us what AJ's doing next, or they don't have an idea what AJ's doing <laughs> next. And Shelley Finkel's come out and said, look, we, again, I feel like we're rewinding back to four years ago now, but Shelley Finkel said, we want the AJ fight. That's what we want. Obviously, Shelley Finkel, the manager of Deontay Wilder. Can you can you see that fight happening? Is it is it ever going to happen? Or is it just talk now? Because it does seem as though it was all roads leading to Wilder versus Andy Ruiz. Well, obviously, we know that Eddie Hearn did respond to Shelley Finkel on Monday. I think they spoke. Um, he's revealed that. They've had a word. Um, but again, I think Deontay Wilder at this point is a very dangerous opponent for Anthony Joshua. Um, in my view, it's a great mm. fight, yeah. um, but I do. I still, <clears throat> if, if Anthony Joshua didn't want the Tyson Fury fight and thirty-five million uh, pounds for that, um, I think Deontay Wilder is equally um, as posing a problem for him at this stage, um, where he needs to come back and he needs to get confidence back and a knockout mm. and all those things. I, I think you should fight Dillian White in late March, um, yeah. and then and then and then look at either Deontay Wilder or Tyson Fury if that comes through later in the year. Um, mm. Deontay Wilder is a proposition for anyone. Yes. Um, you know we know what what Tyson Fury's done with him in three fights. He's been down four times in three fights, hasn't he? Mm. Um, and he's had to really claw his way into a couple of those fights. Um, you know, claw his way back in that first fight, the draw. Um, uh, I, I think Joe Joyce is a guy, I was talking about this with Tyson Fury's brother yesterday, Shane, we were talking about Joe Joyce. Is he potentially number two in the world right now? Um, Joe Joyce. Yeah, that, that, well, I was having an argument with that about, because if he could take Deontay Wilder's punches, mm. um, could Joe Joyce over 12 rounds really, not in terms of, obviously lost to Alexander Usyk in the amateurs. Would he grind Usyk down over 12 rounds uh, in a 12-round heavyweight fight in the professional uh, ring? Maybe he would. Anyway, all, all, all these what all these things point to is what's good is that the heavyweight division's back in focus. What I didn't like about Saturday night was Anthony Joshua doesn't do anything without a reason behind it. He was there for a reason. He arrived on cue. He was there with his people. He was there to watch Dillian. He fist bumped him uh, 
on on the ring apron, and um, there was a bit of a respect between the two men in that moment. But come and give us a statement afterwards. Come yeah. and give put something out there. I yeah. do not understand the policy around it. I complain about this. I've been vilified for this at times, complaining that we don't have a sit-down lunch once a year with Anthony Joshua and catch up with him as a mm. big media group when he's not preparing for a fight. Um, it's important, and I say this as a media guy and a guy that works on radio and TV and uh, in the newspapers, it's important yeah. to have those relationships, you know, um, no, the big I fighters agree. with the media. I, it, it's just one of the fundamentals. I, I agree. I agree. Look, I mean, I, I wasn't even able to get AJ in the DAZN studio. No, exactly. I mean, well, it doesn't I, I make wanted, any sense, I wanted sense, to ask him. I, I like, AJ, come to the studio. Talk, yeah. talk what, what next? Anything. Yeah. Discuss. I, mean, you're, you're I, I had to fight through security. I, I behaved a little bit like an idiot at one point on Saturday night because I literally busted through security to get to one side to get a comment from AJ ringside while he was signing autographs and stuff. And all I wanted to know was, and I managed to get my line for my newspaper piece, doing my job, I hasten to add, was to say, is it going to be Dillian next then? And he said to me, why not? I don't need a warm-up fight. Why not? And at least I got that. But I literally had to go into a zone where I couldn't go because I didn't have a... Like, that shouldn't have been the case. Yeah. No, I, know, I know it sounds like I'm complaining. No, no, no. Look, I, I've, I've, I've spoken to AJ's people. I've spoken to KD about this. <laughs> I've spoken to the people around him. Like, he needs to be more accessible. Yeah. And I've said, like, even, even coming on TalkSport, Fury jumps on TalkSport all the time. Fury would just randomly ring up Talksport and get on. AJ I know he rang me up one more. day saying I need to get on the fo- on Simon Jordan and Jim yeah, White right. Yeah. Jim White and Simon Jordan right now. I've got something to say. I can't get. He was ringing the Talksport number for the, that you. Yeah, he, he, he was called reception. He was called reception. Yeah. So I sent him uh, their, their producer Luke's number. I know we're I know we're talking under the the, the covers here, if you like, about how things happen, but. I cannot believe that what you just told me, you were working studio for DAZN. He's got a contract with DAZN. Yeah. yeah he should have come, come on. He should have just come on and just, because people love him. People yeah, I mean, love him. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it just, yeah, it just it. works, right? It just don't works. It. It's a shame. Uh, very quickly, before we wrap, I mean, there's a lot going on on Saturday. One of the uh, strangest things I think that happened was um, you were doing an interview with Coogan Cassius, IFL TV. I actually bumped into the interview as well. Uh, Dylan White walks past you and you ask him, um, does he have a shower before the fight? Explain it, explain it. What, what, what did you mean? Because it's obviously started to trend. I've seen memes. It's all oh. over the place on TikTok. What did you actually mean? Um, sometimes, and, and, and you know, it, it, it is, to explain it without um, seeming like a loon, sometimes <laughs> I, sometimes I, there have been boxers in the past and there's MMA fighters that don't wash in fight week. They want to smell as they smell, yeah. They no, no. This is true. This is true. They, they, they want to. They don't want to be fresh, or they yeah. don't want to be scented um, when they fight. So I was just thinking. I haven't really asked anyone that as a question, and I haven't heard anyone else ask that. So I just and Dillian's a warrior, isn't he? He's a warrior, yeah. So I wondered, and it's a bit like we ask our, we ask fighters female and male, if they have sex leading up to a fight, yeah, you know? Yeah. So um, my thing was, <clears throat> I'd come up on the way in while I was driving in <clears throat> to Wembley on Saturday night. thought, if I get a chance to speak to Dillian, I'm going to ask him, does he, 
<laughs> does he wash in the dressing room? Does he shower just before he goes out? And I thought Warrior Dillian might come up with a really weird answer. And my reason for doing it as well is that if you ask fighters, if you ask them different questions, if you take them to a different place, it opens a different side of their brain. In fact, I, d I did it with David Adelaide at BT Sports Studios yesterday. And he said, no, no, no. I like to be nice and scented before I fight. I like a wash. I like my perfume on. Um, but you'll get others who say, no, I, I want to smell I, when I go in there in the, in, the, in the clinch. So I asked Tyson Fury about it. You know, you know, it made me laugh. Yeah. It was Dillian White's reaction. No, it was. It was <laughs> yeah, it looked like it looked like White just walked away. I know. Which, which, you know. <laughs> I mean, I've had, I've had all, that's all. I am not really reading all the comments, but it was. <laughs> no, it, no, it, it, no. It's about. It was. <sighs> it wasn't meant to be funny. It was. Um, anyway. It was fantastic. Let's quickly uh, mention Fabio Wardley beat Nathan Gorman to claim the vacant British heavyweight title. Um, any stories that such a it's almost like a Hollywood one, isn't it? I mean, no amateur background, a couple of white collar fights. Um, at the best, you, you look at an area title, maybe English title. The fact he's the British champion now, I guess, suggests how much hard work he does behind the scenes that no one sees. Well, look, it's a, it's a coveted uh, belt, is the Lonsdale belt, and uh, you know, held in the past by Frank Bruno. I think it was Fra maybe Frank Bruno didn't hold it. No, um, I think he did. I think he did. Um, maybe it wasn't the Commonwealth that he held then. I'm just trying to remember who didn't. Um, but, you know, Frank Bruno, Sir Henry Cooper, these kind of great names in the past that have held Gary the Mason, Joe Yeah, Butler. Yeah, ex exactly. Yeah. Brit yeah. It's, it's a very revered title, and he's got there in 15 fights, 14 knockouts. He showed an appetite for the fight. Um, he got his nose crunched oh, in, yes. in the second round by, by Nathan Gorman from a big counter overhand right or right hook. Um, you know, he really shows an appetite for it. And, you know, he's a great character. He's great to speak to, as I say, protege of Dillian White. Um, he's, he's great to have on the scene. And when you see these young guys like him and David Adelaide, and when they're looking at the heavyweights up there at the moment with the Chisoras and the Whites and the Furies and the Joshuas and the Joyces all in all in a line or in a row. It must be fantastic for them. And he's a guy that we need to keep an eye on um, yeah. because I think he did a great job on Saturday night. And, you know, performance of the night, frankly. Yeah, it was. It was the people's main event. That's what I was calling it. I mean, yeah. everyone, everyone, or the majority of people, I think, turned up to see that that mm -hmm. fight, right? Because it was a 50-50 scrap. Um, quickly on, on Nathan Gorman, um, obviously the towel came in. He seemed to just, it almost seemed to, everything just seemed to collapse very quickly as soon as he got hit once. What do you do with Nathan Gorman? We've seen this before, haven't we? We've seen the same movie when he fought Daniel Dubois. What happens next with Gorman? He's only, I think he's only 25, 26. He's still young, but... In boxing terms, he's old because he feels like he's been around for a while. What happens with him? Oh, I think he just works through the level that he's at. He's British European level, isn't he? I mean, I yeah. bumped into Nathan afterwards and asked him if he was all right. They were flash knockdowns, but they could see that um, they, he might have had an injury. You never know. Um, yeah, it's true. Maybe. But so like you say, you know, he's 21 fights in. He's always going to be there, thereabouts. It's incredible when you think he's 26. It's crazy, isn't it? Um, but he carries that moniker of being... Um, a gypsy? Yeah, it's not just that. He's the, you know, he's he's the great nephew of the undefeated bare-knuckle fighter Bartley Gorman. Yeah. Um, the king yeah. of the gypsies, as he was known. 
Um, I won't go into the whole story of him, but have but look up Bartley Gorman online for you, if you're listening. Um, incredible tapestried history of a man that you know lived outdoors and had his heavy bag hanging off the oak tree and marked out a ring in the field next to his his caravan. Mm. Um, fought fifteen men in a day once. All these kind of you've got to read. Go and read it. It's it's um, his life story is unbelievable, um, and he's loved and revered. And of course. Um, He's the um, and Bartley Gorman is related to Tyson Fury as well, um, yeah. and Huey Fury. Um, so it, it, it's a fascinating story, and he's he is revered in the traveller community. All right, you're listening to Fight Extra on Talksport Two. Still to come, we are going to be hearing from Chris Eubank Jr., who said he only needs to be fifty percent to beat Liam Smith. Remember, it was sixty to beat Conor Ben. We're also going to hear from Daniel Dubois ahead of his fight this weekend against Kevin Lorena. From South Africa. But up next, we're getting stuck into Fury versus Chisora Free, which is live on Talksport this weekend. Me and Derek Chisora used to be chum buddies. No, we ain't friends anymore. And when I see you, Derek, you got me to fight. Bam! I don't think anybody out there can can beat Tyson Fury. The Gypsy King still reigns supreme. There's only Tyson Fury on these shores. I'm the dormant in these waters. Big. You haven't got a clue what's coming. You don't understand. I am coming for you. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is... Derek Chisora of 2022 now is significantly improved. To out-hustle, to out-tough him. Only the likes of Chisora can fight that way. The British public are tired of his now. He was getting it right out there. He's just a mug. Derek Chisora can kiss my Hi, this is Tyson Fury, a.k.a. The Gypsy King. Listen to my fight live and exclusive on TalkSport on the 3rd of December. Fury versus Chisora, WBC Heavyweight Championship of the World. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Myself, Adi Oladipo, Gareth A. Davis, Derek Chisora versus Tyson Fury. But on the weekend, it will be the third fight. Tyson Fury having won. Um, the first two quite comfortably. Um, they go again. I, you know, I was I was thinking this though. Um, and look, look, I, I was asking the question: What chance does Derek Chisora have? And I, I said, and this would be interesting to get your take on this. I said, the Fury that Chisora fought the second time, I think's better than the Fury now. Well, he's a I very different, very, very different style then. Very you're getting, different. You're talking like, 2011 and 2014, okay? Yeah, so that 2014, so prior to the Klitschko fight, where he weighs about 245 pounds, lean, on his toes, can still hit a bit, very, hasn't gone through the punishment of, a, a, you know, those three wilder fights. I think that fury there is almost perfect. And, and I get if people say no, Ade, because, you know, he hadn't proved it, but... I just thought that Fury there, he's slick, he's in and out, he's, he's just punches and combinations. He's not standing in the pocket like I thought he might have to now because his legs have slowed a little bit. I think Fury fought a better Chisora then than he's going to fight on Saturday. Fury fought a better Chisora. Sorry, apologies. Ch- Ch- Chisora fought a better Fury well, then than he's going to fight. What I'll say is this. Um... The performance against Derek Chisora in 2014 at the Excel Arena. I was there that night, covered it live. Mm. I think I did some. I think we talked sport might have been there that night. Actually, we did. I think we were talk sports that night as well. Even um, I was there actually. Yeah, were you? 
Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Was, was, there was a pea soup fog that night afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 that was one of the graduations that we learned about Tyson Fury, about how good he could be that night. Because yeah. he switched yeah. southpaw and he hit him with, I don't know, it must have been like 100 uppercuts with the left hand um, mm-hmm. from the southpaw stance and made Derek quit on his stool. Um, I mean, it was he was asking the referee to stop the fight that yep. night. Was Tyson yep. Fury? Um, that was then he fought Christian Hammer and then he mm-hmm. beat Klitschko in Dusseldorf. Mm-hmm. So we took yeah. the transition from 2014 2015. His boxing skills at that point were perfection. Yes, that, that, and, and how yes. he took Klitschko's jab away two fights later. We were seeing all the the brilliance of his rudiments in uh, of boxing. Um, and I think what we've now got is a guy still capable of that. Um, as we saw in the first Deontay Wilder fight, yeah. Mm -hmm. Coming back after losing 10 stone, remember, Mm -hmm. ballooning to 400 pounds. What we've now got is a heavyweight who knows his weight, 19 and a half stone, and who's happy to stand and punch with someone who knows he's got a chin, who's got great powers of recovery and who is mentally at the peak of his powers and physically probably in his very, very prime right now. You but think, do you think so? I do. Physically, oh, physically. I do. Yeah, I do. I, I don't know if you can abuse your body like that and be that heavy and be better than you were. No, I, were 240 pounds. Well, well he, he, he's a freak, isn't he? I yeah, mean, yeah, he is. I'll you give know, you that. He is. There, yeah. There's something freakish about him. As he says, he's an abnormal alien. He called himself. <laughs> um, so, um, I think it was on the Ariel Helwani show to give Ariel his his credit, great friend um, and, and great broadcaster as he is. Um, that it's a fascinating thing, but I'll throw it the other way at you. This is, even though he's thirty eight, physically a better version of Derek Chisora um, than the second than the second fight. Than the second general. fight as okay. well. Um, yeah. And look, I was there at BT Sports Studios yesterday. I had a fantastic time in the green room with Tyson and his family, as I said, but also around Derek yesterday. And Derek um, and Tyson, Tyson busted in on Derek's uh, workout, media workout. And there, there's a lot of respect between those two, genuine respect. And he said, and they, they pledged to go toe-to-toe as soon as the bell goes. They're not even going to retire to their corners once that, that bell yeah. goes they're going <laughs> to let their hands go and if that if that's the case um fury's taking a risk frankly mm-hmm. because when you're not warmed up you can easily get flash knocked down i wouldn't surprise if there's some drama in this fight it just wouldn't surprise me um and they're going to go at it and if they go at it like that it's going to be a three or four round fight and yeah. sometimes those are the best ones, right? Yeah, they are. Wanna, they we don't are. want a dull 12 rounder when yeah. we can have an action for four or five rounds. Um, look, potentially for Tyson Fury, the undisputed is next, right? It's there, Alexander Usyk. That, that's what um, we want to see. It's all what fight fans want to see. Let's hear from Tyson Fury now. He spoke with IFL TV at yesterday's open workout on the prospect of fighting Alexander Usyk. I'm actually, if he comes to the fight, I'll promise you I'll slap him in the mouth. How's that? Well, yeah, that's your thoughts on Usyk. Do you rate him as a fighter at all? No, he had his opportunity to fight for a lot of money, $65 million, and he didn't take it. Who doesn't take a fight for $65 million? Is it mad to think you might box Deontay Wilder again? If he wants a good Aiden again, he can get it too. It's Joe Joyce. He can get a good Aiden too. Daniel Dubois. He can get it. Anthony Joshua. They all can get it. 
But to make it fair, let's have a Royal Rumble, puts all in there, put $100 million up, and the last man standing gets the lot. If they want to fight, bring them to the table, get the checkbook out, put it on the line, and we fight. Tyson Fury there speaking to IFL TV about Alexander Usyk. Um, he seems as though he's not going to chase it. If it happens, it happens. He, he certainly wants it. He obviously wants to, 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 to make sure everyone knows he is the number one out there, and he, he is... Um, for me by some distance but it doesn't look like he's going to chase it anymore well it's terrible news isn't it really that he he's saying no I don't want him I don't want Joshua Mm. but but (laughs) and 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 he's right to be focused on on Derek Chisora on Saturday night I will say that um but uh I think I'll put it this way I understand that Alexander Usyk will be ringside on Saturday night yes. at Tottenham Hotspur yes, Stadium. Yes, he will be. And as a result, <laughs> they're not going to... Like, Anthony Joshua, as Eddie Hearn says, and I don't agree with him, is too big to step into the ring and do a face-off with Dillian White. Uh, Alexander Usyk will speak to us on Saturday night mm. and will probably get in the ring and stand opposite Tyson Fury on Saturday night. I've got, that, you know, I'm not joking, I've got goosebumps. Yeah. Yeah. I've got goose, goose, literally goosebumps. Like, honestly. Yeah. If Tyson Fury wins. Yeah, you if Tyson Fury wins. Well, yeah. You don't yeah. know in the heavyweight division what's going to happen. No, we certainly don't because Chisora's, he shocked a few before, but this one would yeah. be one of the biggest, if not the biggest upset in heavyweight boxing history for me if it does happen. But who knows, right? All right, you're listening to Find an Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we are going to hear from Chris Eubank Jr. He caught up with Spencer Oliver yesterday. But up next, we're going to continue to chat about this weekend's clash in Tottenham. We'll talk about challenger Derek Chisora and we're going to hear from Dan. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive in June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. New Dubois as well. Anthony Joshua, if you're a man and if you've got any sort of dignity and pride about you, you'll get this contract signed today. These things take time. We want to see the fight. Tired and bored. There's no fight between Fury and Joshua because there's too much risk in that fight. It's officially over for Joshua. 
Forget about it. You'll find out very soon. It'll be a credible fight. It will be a good fight. It looks like it'll be Derek Chisora. Oh, oh what a great shot. shot. Right there from Chisora. Listen, I am the baddest man. Black blood, man. It was just rock and roll. He glossed me. Oh, what a shot for Derek Chisora. Derek Chisora used to be somebody. Well, last time, Tyson Fury won this fairly clearly. Derek Chisora has produced some pretty impressive performances since then. As soon as I have a fight, he goes, I'll pick the other guy. Another combination there from the giant Tyson Fury. And he's even starting to try and measure there against Chisora. Derek Chisora can kiss my ass. And if I see him, I'm going to punch him in the face. Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Myself, Adi Oladipo, the great Gareth A. Davis. Right, let's talk about Derek Chisora. Um, obviously, look, big, big fight for him on the weekend against Tyson Fury. Um, I find his story incredible. The fact that this guy has how many defeats now? 12? 13? On, on the resume. But he's, the British public still love him. He still puts up a good performance. And every so often, he gets a big win. Whether it be Pulev, whether it be Takam, whether it be, I think, the first Dillian White fight, he always seems to find a way to stay relevant. Um, but this would be, I mean, it's it's more than the crown and glory. This would be everything, isn't it? If he could shock the world, I mean, <laughs> only Chisora could pull this off. You yeah. never know, Gareth. You never know. You don't ever know. And I think there is something about Derek Chisora that, as you say, you can't, you can't write him off. Um, He's drawn Tyson Fury already. I think psychologically, he's by by drawing Tyson Fury into having um, a pledging to go toe to toe. Yeah, he's winning. He's winning some of the battles. Tyson Fury kind of respects the lunacy of Derek Chisora as well. I think um, they've had two fights. They've shared whatever it is, twenty three rounds together. Um, and Tyson's always said he'd he'd have a trilogy with him. He's got to take him seriously. I do think he'll get beaten, Derek Chisora on Saturday night, but I was, and he's not the biggest heavyweight in the world as well, and Tyson Fury really is a giant. I mean, when you hear, when you hear people like Dillian White talking about Fury and saying, you know, um, he's so big when you're in there with him, um, Derek looks in fantastic shape. I say I was with him yesterday. His waist is narrow. He's broad. He's full of self-belief. He's he's motivated um, by his young daughters. It's become a big thing in his life. You just never know. You just never know. As I said, I fully expect um, Tyson Fury to win by stoppage even. Um mm. You know, Derek's been stopped three times now. The first time he was stopped is 10 years ago against David Hay, uh, yeah. just over 10 years ago. Um, and he is 39 next year. So, but Wow, could, could be older. <laughs> but he could be older. Um, be but but bottom, <laughs> bottom line is he will bring his all. And, you know, obviously it's a, it's a much criticised fight. Yes, we'd have preferred to have seen Tyson Fury in there with a Joe Joyce maybe even a Daniel Dubois um, or someone else who we believe is someone that's on the upward trend rather than the downward yeah. trend. But talk about Cinderella, man. If Derek Chisora does pull off the improbable, or some people will say the impossible, mm. um, this will be one of the great tales, thinking that 12 years ago in Munich, he fought Vitaly Klitschko over 12 rounds. 
who was probably the number one in the world at that time. Um, I think he would have beaten his brother, Vladimir. Um, mm. And now he's fighting the number one in the world again for the same WBC strap. So yeah. it's a fascinating story. Derek is a fascinating story. You work for DAZN. I've worked for DAZN on this series, Off the Cuff. He gave me an incredible interview uh, in that, uh, in which he showed his warrior spirit. In, in fact, even worryingly so. Go and watch that Off the Cuff interview with Derek Chisora. It's extraordinary what he came out with. He said he's, yeah, no, he'll you, still you, be you fighting when he's six feet under. You, you have a way of sort of opening up these fighters who I think are quite guarded and closed. Um, they seem to open up when they speak to you. Um, is it not the perfect scenario, win or lose? Um, and look, I think majority of people think he will lose. For him to call it a day, uh, you're going to be in front of 55,000, 60,000. You're fighting Tyson Fury. It's a WBC belt. I mean, isn't that the perfect way to go? for Derek Chisora. And I know he hates hearing that question because he always says, I'll keep fighting, I'll keep fighting. But surely there needs to be someone in and around that team, um, close friends, wife maybe, that says, enough's enough now. We, we've You've got there. You fought for the world heavyweight title again um, against your, your friend slash rival in Tyson Fury. There can't be any better way to kind of call it a day and sort of leave this sport with all your faculties in place. Derek Chisora told me yesterday for a piece I've written today, if I was, if I listened to everyone else, I'd be effing retired right now. Yeah, mm, yeah. there's still a there's still a, a white trilogy to have, Dillian White trilogy, that would still do numbers at the O2 Arena with those two going at it, hammer and tongs. Yeah, they because um, they both kind of depleted at the same rate, haven't they? Yeah. Really, so I think yeah, it makes sense that one. Yeah. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me. <clears throat> I wouldn't. I don't want to see Derek go on and on, but as he says now, even though he's fighting for the WBC title on Saturday night, Eddie, he's a moneyweight fighter now. And if he can still kind of twist promoters' arms and get a decent payday out of them, um, he's not going to be um, an undercard fighter, I tell you that. He's always going to have to be a main event fighter now. There's, you, know, you, know what's, yeah. you know what's crazy? Sorry to cut across you there, Gareth. When, when you, there probably isn't, more than two or three heavyweights in the world that have had the run of recent fights that Chisora's had. When you think about Usyk, Parker twice, Pulev, Fury. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And it will be. And <laughs> it will be. Ridiculous. But it will be White. He'll never fight Joshua. It, it could be no, White. No. It could be Daniel Dubois. Um, mm. I'd, I wouldn't like to see him in against Joe Joyce, frankly, at the moment, the, the, the juggernauts. No, no, thank um, you. I wouldn't really like to see him in against Joe Joyce. I don't want to see him getting beaten up by loads mm. of young fighters on the way up. But I think he's not far away from the end. But Derek's probably wondering what he's going to do next as well. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, he's cultivated this figure, this cult figure. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. On a personal level and for him, and I like him very much, I don't want to see him go on too long. Yeah, I think that that needs to be that. Um, elsewhere on the card, and I think we're almost forgetting that this guy's actually fighting on the undercard, is Daniel Dubois. He's co-main event. He takes on Kevin Lorena. Uh, before we get into uh, Daniel Dubois and what next for him if he gets past Kevin Lorena, let's hear from Daniel Dubois now. He caught up with you, Gareth. It's the biggest stage and it's going to be amazing. Electric atmosphere in there. So it's just about stepping up to the plate and rising to the occasion again. 
It's going to be a new experience. Yeah, do you go to football? Have you been to big football games? No, no, I haven't. Never, ever? No, no. Boxing has been my life, hasn't it? So we have just sucked into it, really. So you've never felt the atmosphere of a big stadium before? Walking out for the first time? I've been to some big fights before. I've been to George Groves, some of George's fights, the Gale, and I've seen that really lively atmosphere. So i am kind of got an idea of it. Do you think it'll make you nervous or is it? are you, you going to just kind of draw on it and enjoy it? No, nah, no, nah, no nerves for me. It's just going to be what I'll have the game plan set in my head and, you know, all the hard week of training, I've not been, I've gone over nerves and all of that by now. I'm ready to fight. Daniel Dubois there, a man of um, few words, I think it's fair to say. But look, obviously, look, big opportunity for him fighting on the undercard of an event where there would be 50, 60,000. He'd never, ever fought in anything like this before. Um, good opportunity for him to kind of put himself... And look, a win over Kevin Lorena won't do this because he's, to me, he's above Kevin Lorena. But you want to see Daniel Dubois in these really big fights next year. And if he looks impressive and gets Lorena out of there and I don't know, the early rounds, then Daniel Dubois' name will be linked to some of the big fights as well next year. Yeah, he is going to be linked to the big fights. Look, he had the blip against Joe Joyce. As he said, he'd learnt in that fight, he told me in this interview. He's really learnt. He wants to prove the doubters wrong, the ones that called him a quitter. Mm. Um, I don't think he is a quitter. Um, the, the, you know, the, the key is he's, he's one of these young, rising heavyweights. He's got so much to learn. He's so young. He's such a giant. We know he's got this incredible power when he boxes. He's just got to be matched at the right time against the right people. I, I, I think it's a, it's a good fight for him on Saturday night, and it's a good warm-up for the main event. He probably will steal the show if he can get a great finish. Um, Where is he, Gareth? You know, look, when we think of these sort of top elite heavyweights, so where do you place him? I mean, is he miles behind like a Hergovic and a Zhili Zhang? Like where, where, where would you say Dubois is? Um, you've got to be careful how you how you match him at the moment. He's yeah, still got yeah. a lot to learn because you know, in in all of his fights, apart from the Joe Joyce fight, he got it all his own way, didn't he? You mm. know, um, at the moment, um, can you let's say? Look, I'm, I'm I'm looking at rankings here in front of him. I've got rankings. Um, in for me, he's he's not in the top ten. No, no, yeah. certainly not. No, um, you know, if you look at Zhang Zhili Zhang being ten, um, uh, Frank Sanchez, Philip Hergovic, Joseph Parker, Luis Ortiz, Dillian White, Andy Ruiz, Joe Joyce, Deontay uh, Wilder, Anthony Joshua, and Tyson Fury, uh, and, and Alexander Usyk. There's twelve names. Okay, I think he could beat Dillian. White. Yeah, exactly. And no. There's people, I was about to say, there's people in that list he can beat, mm. but can he sustain that upward curve? How do you match him? Yeah. Maybe you do that. Maybe you do. Mm. Maybe he does fight Dillian White. Maybe he does fight Frank Sanchez. Maybe he does yeah. fight. He's capable of fighting a lot of these guys. At the moment, yeah. he's probably not ready for a Usyk, or maybe no, he is. No, no. no, no I, think, I think you just spoke about this yeah, before. Yeah. I think me and you have spoken about this before, where those guys are in their mid-30s. He can literally sit on the shelf for two years, wait for them all to go, and then be sort of the king of the next era of heavyweights. 
Uh, but let's see what he does against Kevin Lorena on Saturday. Remember, it is live on TalkSport. The team will be there. Adam Catchell, Gareth A. Davis, Andy Clark, Spencer Oliver should be fantastic night of boxing. All right, listen to find extra on TalkSport 2. Next up, we're going to hear from Chris Eubank Jr. after it was announced that he will fight Liam Smith in his first fight since his bout with Conor Ben was cancelled. Yo. Please welcome the next gen, Chris Eubank Jr. And a terrific uppercut as well. This needs to be stopped. He's up with a jab. And Reynolds Quillen is beginning to wilt. Eubank looking for uppercut. Eubank in complete control and on the rampage. Eubank stopping the forward advance of Yildirim. And he's finding holes in that guard. Yildirim being forced backwards. And a thunderous. Welcome back. You're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Myself, Adi Ladipo and Gareth A. Davis. Uh, Chris Eubank Jr. will take on Liam Smith on January the 21st. Eubank's first fight since the Conor Ben saga. Um, before we hear from Chris Eubank, he was there with our very own Spencer Oliver. I love this fight, Gareth. I really do. Whether or not, you know, pay-per-view is another question uh, entirely, but just parking pay per view for a second. Chris Hubick Jr. versus Liam Smith, I think, is a fantastic fight. Oh, absolutely! Because stylistically, styles make fights, as we always say, and this is stylistically a brilliant fight. Liam Smith is rugged, believes in himself, comes forward. It's the perfect foil. Uh, and I'm talking up Chris Eubank Jr. It's the perfect foil for Chris Eubank Jr. This was a fight that was mooted before Chris moved over to uh, Eddie Hearn and DAZN to, to, to match up with, with Conor Ben for that brilliant mm. fight that we all hoped would happen but never did that caused in, inordinate chaos oh, mate. And, and drama in, 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 in a big overarching way in boxing this autumn. Um, it's, it's a brilliant fight. Um, I expect it to be uh, full of action. Liam Smith never rests. He, as I say, he'll come forward and he'll put it on on Chris Eubank Jr. But I think it's a style that suits Chris Eubank Jr. He loves those come forward fighters. And I'm expecting a fantastic fight and event. Yeah, let, let's hear from Chris Eubank Jr. As I said, he um, caught up with a very own Spencer Oliver. This is the first time, obviously, he's speaking really since the collapse of that Conor Ben fight. He says it's given him extra motivation. Um, and he's looking uh, to make up for lost time in his fight against Liam Smith. At this stage of my career now, uh, I have to be on form each and every time. I have to be dominant. I have to take these guys out. Uh, I have to let the world know that Eubank Jr. is not one to be played with because I want these belts and I can, I can beat these guys who have the belts. It's just getting them in the ring is the, is the hard part. Um, winning a fight like this puts me in a great position to go and do that. Chris, was it difficult for you after the collapse of the Conor Ben um, fight? Was it difficult for you to get motivated again, to get going again? Because it was a big disappointment, wasn't it, that the fight fell through at the final hour? Huge, huge disappointment, not just for me, but for boxing and for the fans, which is the saddest part about that whole thing. Um, but in fact, that it gave me, it gives me more of a motivation. You know, the fact that, that fight didn't happen means that, I, you know, makes me think, listen, I need to fight. I need to be active. I need, you know, I, I can't let these things keep happening with these fights falling through and not, and, not, and not happening. And I'm just wasting time. I can't do that. So that's why I'm happy this fight is happening early next year. 
because I want to fight in the summer and again in the winter, three times. Right. I mean, this was the obvious fight, wasn't it? After that fight fell through, this is the fight that really the public have been calling for. The public would like to have seen this fight. You know, your hardcore fight fans go, this is a real 50-50. That's the way that they see it. And, you know, we've, we've got the fight, which is great news. Yeah, this is, this is uh, the fight that makes the most sense at this moment in time. We're both, uh, we're both on a great run. We've both got great momentum. Um, we're both a bit, you know, huge names in the sport, especially in the UK scene. Um, so it's a, it's a fight the fans, you know, have been calling for and are really interested in, and I'm, I'm, I'm happy to give it to them. Chris Eubank there, um, as confident, I think it's fair to say, as ever. I, 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 I'm so upset with Chris, and I'm also happy for him. I'm upset with him because watching him at press conferences and face-offs, like win or lose, he could have been and should have been a star of British boxing for the last sort of five or six years. He should be selling out arenas all over the place because there's something about him that just, you either love him or hate him, but you're going to tune in for him. And um, coming towards the end of his career, and I'll say the end because, what is he, 33 now, I think? I, I wish we saw more of this a bit earlier. I really do because I love his personality. I, fi I find it, I, like, even the way he, he looks at you at a stare down, like it, it, it could make you want to throw hands early. He's got this arrogance about him that I absolutely love. And it's a shame that we're only, I think, really seeing a lot of it now anyway. Um, it's a shame we didn't see it a bit before. Yeah, look, um, the problem for him is he had his, probably his best and toughest fights at super middleweight. Yeah. He, look, I, I think he would have beaten Conor Ben. I don't think there's much doubt about it, and I'm going to say that. True. No, um, no, no. I don't. I don't think that's controversial. No. He, he's a naturally bigger man. Um, he he is a name. He I, I like the way he carries himself. He's he, he knows how to work the media. Mm. He 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 demands attention when he does things. The KFC shirt yesterday <laughs> uh, that, that, that he'd had made for himself. They'll be on sale soon. <laughs> is he really sponsored by KFC now? I don't know. I thought you were going to get to the bottom of this. I don't know. I don't know if he's just trolling. But, yeah. but I mean, if he's not, that's a lot of free advertisement for KFC there. It is, but is it is it to do with trolling Conor Ben over yes. KFC and chickens and eggs? Yeah. Like, and I he don't ate need KFC to... in the build-up. And... Yeah, like, I don't need to. I can eat whatever I want yeah. and beat you. Yeah, yeah. 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 It but, works. But the, the, the thing is, I, I still think, I still think he's got some big fights in him. He could still be around for two or three more years. He is in the last phase of his career. There's no doubt about that. Um, but there's a lot of great fights around the middleweight level and super middleweight level. So, um, you know, look, if he beats Liam Smith, I, I know, I know, I know Callum will, probably won't come down super middleweight, but I wondered at one point whether he would end up fighting both brothers, you know? Mm. Uh, but Callum's obviously gone up to to light heavyweight. <clears throat> um, I'd like to see a bit more of him in action soon, by the way. Yeah, um, I, I can't believe that we've not seen yeah, him again yeah, this year, by the way. Yeah, I think it's a travesty yeah, that Callum's yeah, not fought. Absolutely. Um, but but, Con year. but Connor's always... Chris. Uh, Chris has always been there and thereabouts as a figure in British boxing. He might not have made it. The story's incredible. You know, growing up in the last couple of years of uh, secondary school for his secondary education in Vegas, winning yeah. the Golden Gloves in Nevada, sparring with the Olympic Cuban Olympic team in Havana in, mm. their, in their mountain retreat, 
and some of the bigger ones as well. Not he's at own weight class, the bigger guys as well. Yeah, exactly. I know he fought heavyweight, got beat yeah. by heavyweight. If you know that story, and um, you know the 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 fact that he was, a, I, I thought he really shone out in the in the in the world boxing um, super, super series, super series as well. Mm. You know the Groves fight up in Manchester was fantastic. Um, you know, um, I'd like to see him fight Billy Joe Saunders again. Um, yeah, I, the, the the fight for me that he has to he has to f- literally two for now to get his Golovkin. And, and Golovkin. He's got, well, to, he's got to get a well, Gennady Golovkin fight. Goes without saying. But it's whether Golovkin wants to fight him, whether Golovkin wants to come here. Um, if Eddie Hearn, I, I suspect it wasn't far from Eddie Hearn's mind because Golovkin's with zone, isn't he, as well? He is. He is. It would not have surprised me if Eddie Hearn wanted to bring Golovkin to the UK to, to fight Chris Eubank. That's a big fight here. That's that, that's uh, that, again. That's a box office fight. Yeah, of course. Very it is. quickly on this, uh, Gareth, we've got literally about thirty seconds. This is pay per view. Um, we don't know the price, but I'm guessing it's going to be nineteen ninety five. That's kind of what Sky do. Should this be a box office fight? Well, it is. So, I mean, I, I I'm not. <clears throat> you know, I'm not going to say it shouldn't be. They've decided it is. It's it's five coffees, isn't it? You know. Um, yeah. It, it, <laughs> Um, is it a box office fight? Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it yeah, is. yeah. I think considering so, yeah. that Savannah yeah. and Clarissa and Baumgartner and Meyer and that card wasn't. This is. Well, maybe that should have been as well. <laughs> That's my get out anyway. I like it. Good, good get out, Gareth. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for downloading our Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're back every single Tuesday for more great content. And if you miss us, make sure you subscribe to Fight Night to catch up on all our other episodes. Hey folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.